It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. This podcast is a serial narrative, a story told episode by episode. Consequently, your listening journey would best be begun at the beginning. That's The Plague Clowns, Episode 1. It is the year 2015, and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down. What once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives to broadcast from a South Seas barge crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. Previously on The Plague Clowns. Who's ready for some mob justice? Hear ye, hear ye. The master liked your show. He wants you to come stay at the castrum. By St. George. Ben? Ben Fontenoy? The master liked my little show, so now I'm here. Lucian, is that a you? Alakino, he is still with you. Hey, oh, where do you go? Mirna, is that you? I heard things about the master. Master could be Vlad Tepes. The master is our friend. Do you really think he is the Pied Piper of Hamlet? It is so good to see all of you here where you belong. <laughs> Fear not, my children. This castle is under quarantine. Well, listeners, it finally happened. One of my great fears since arriving at the Grey Fern Asylum. Our little operation has been discovered by none other than that dirty rat-fink Randy. I can't imagine what brought him down to our humble basement unless he smelled the sweet, sticky corners of my mouth from that last green jello binge. But alas, I'll never be able to taste another glistening green cup again. Randy's payoff is severe. I don't even want to go into all I promised him, all Courtney promised him, yes? Yes, I know. I'm ashamed of us both, Courtney, and trust me, I know self-shame. Remember the time I stole that pickled calf's foot from Metzger Sherman's brine barrel? Yeah, I wept. I wept with remorse even while I devoured that gelatinous summertime treat. What? Oh, yes, of course you don't remember. I I hadn't met you yet. No, no matter. Suffice it to say, there will be a lot of dress-up in my and Courtney's future and whisper-play. What? He didn't explain whisper-play to you? Jeez, I don't have the time to get into it now. Actually, you know, you might like it. And don't worry, I've I've got plans to set everything straight. That's right, Court. We're going to be busting out of here, and maybe we'll have some fun with the wily old warden while we're at it. Anyway, before that blackmailing bugger Randy returns with more demands, please enjoy The Plague Clowns.
The Plague Clowns is brought to you by Rodrigo's house-sitting service. If you want to, like, leave your bedroom doors open, that's totally cool. I'll put everything in a hamper if I use it. Quarantine. By the command of the infamous master, our beloved clowns were quarantined within Castrum Crucis' breachless walls. This was the era of rampant disease, and to these people, quarantine meant one thing, certain death. And so, after escaping the fiendish mob in Pale Gaul, our heroes were once again thrust into the bosom of violence as the various assembled performers fought for a taste of the open air. A stilt walker went sprinting by, high above everyone's heads, like some hellish stork, a, a dread bird harbinger for the end of days. He was cut down by a Viennese strongman before he reached the center of the great hall. A pair of shadow puppeteers used their black costumes to sneak ninja-like past a pack of Russian tumblers who were using one another as human battering rams, hopelessly scattering anyone in their path. A desperate French tightroping team was trying to rig a line between the hall's mighty pillars, but it was quickly torn down by a dervish of Mongolian horsemen who then used it as a lasso to drag the unfortunate rabble beneath them to their unbaking. It was crazy. Am I making that clear? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, those multi-person Chinese dragon puppets? Yeah, one of those things was on fire! And some lunatic was trying to ride it, and like spanking the guy who was trapped in the flaming dragon head, and the spanking eventually turned to humping? Like really slow, sensual humps. Well, um, maybe I'm oversexualizing it. Uh, Jenny says I have a tendency to do that. Uh, sorry, Courtney. Yeah, yes, I, I know. I. You see, folks, I, I promised Courtney I would no longer refer to Dr. Jennifer Tyson Power as Jenny. For some reason, my deepening relationship makes old Courtney upset. Or maybe, um, jealous? All right, all right, I'll stop. Oh, look at you. Are you flushed with anger? Hmm, you look good with a little color on your face, Court. Anyway, regarding the decelerated humping speed of the dragon puppet's wild rider, I... I think the humps got progressively slower, not because of the increased sexual stimulation of the experience, but rather because both parties were slowly being burned to death. Quickly, lads. Let's away. Right. This way. Halt! One of Castrum Crucis' footmen blocked the troops' way just as a thick-bearded bard went hurdling past. Out of the way, tyrant! Halt, I say! Bury a Magdalena! The footman cut down the poor bard with a single flash of his halberd. Everybody, this way! Kick, Khane, kick! Khane, that marvel of a donkey, began kicking a path through the bedlam, 
but suddenly they reach another door guarded by another footman. In the name of the master, halt! This second footman sent his halberd descending and lopped off Connie's beautiful fart-blown tail. Connie! No! It's just as a tail. Come away, Daniel. Come away, Niku. I will avenge you, Kane. So, our heroes were thrust once more into the fray as the footmen of Castrum Crucis held at the doors, cutting down any who dared to escape. Daniel and Niku spoke baby gypsy to Kane, whose pride was visibly diminished by the recent absence of his tail. Celio and Alakino batted away the throng of entertainers who pressed in all around them, and Miles supported Woolston, who was now swaying from fatigue. Wolston, are you ill? No, Miles, I'm not ill. I'm just not quite accustomed to this pressing mass of humanity trying to murder one another. Oh, cheerio then. Pip, pip. Chin up. Bubs and bibs, my lad, bubs and bibs. A bibs is good as a fib when a blind man's barmy. Take a look in the well and see who's winking up at you. Don't be afraid of of the milkman when the milkman comes on Tuesday. What are they doing? I think they say magic spell to disappear. I think maybe they speak a secret speech to plan escape. I think they have finally gone mad. Mad, mad, mad. And, in conclusion, keep Keep calm and and carry in a fit of donkey rage, shat a hill of dung that towered above everyone's heads. Look, up there, an opening. Sure enough, at the poop pile's pinnacle was a large opening in the stone wall. Our beloved clowns wasted no time and began scrambling up the scat stack. Poo, but it does stink. That's a what the pool do. Hane saved our life sacks. I don't mean to be rude. Thank you, Hane. But what have you been feeding him? Okay, okay, I'm going. Soon they had ascended the crap crag and safely entered the tunnel. Hane looked back in seeming admiration at his deuce doom as the rest of the troop proceeded into the darkness. Eventually, a gentle glow penetrated their black chasm and guided them to the end of the tunnel and a small candle-lit room. Here, we help you downfall. I'm not sure that's what you mean. Here. Ah! Or maybe you do. One by one, the gypsies helped the other members down to the room below. And by helped, I mean threw them forcibly out of the tunnel. Facci fici! You're welcome. Are you to me? You're welcome. Ow! Damn it, I'm old! You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, well, I guess that. Ow! You're welcome. We. Ugh. You're welcome. Well, are we all happy now that everyone's been thrown from a great height? Hmm? Are we? There now, Wolston, try to breathe. Don't forget, a jingle in the Dalio is worth three knobs of a boff post. For one so young, you are so full of wisdom. What can I say? I've had an excellent teacher. What? Who was that? Do I know him? No, I I meant you. Oh. Ha ha. Of course. Well done. What is this place? 
It's my room. Spaghetti e fettuccine. E linguini a ravioli. Tortellini e rigatoni. This went on for some time, and I mean some time. I mean, how many different names do you need for what is essentially cut dough? Do they really all need to have a different name? Yes. All right, all right, fine. Go ahead. You know, on second thought, this could actually be worse. They could have started interjecting the names of the saints. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All those Catholic saints, oh my God, we'd be here forever. Like Saint Barbatus, Saint Hildebrand, Saint Ignatius Loyola, Saint Thomas Aquinas, Saint Thomas Hall. This portion of the Plague Clowns is brought to you by Italy. Getting tiny gold crosses stuck in your chest hair since 753 BC. Italy! This portion of the Plague Clowns is brought to you by Lists. Tired of having your items of interest mushed together in a clump? String them one after the other and feel like you've accomplished something without having done much of anything. Lists. This portion of the Plague Clowns is brought to you by jokes that go on for too long. Ever see that episode of Family Guy? Yeah, jokes that go on for too long. Of Cologne. Oh, I'm sorry, I think I might have nodded off there. What were the Italians ejaculating about? Whoa! Your masked friend asked what this place was, and I replied, it was my room. Wait, wait, are we really going to ignore the fact that Wollstone just said... Yup, you came tumbling down, and now, here we are. Okay, all right. I guess we're past the cheeky innuendo stuff. Fine. Let me just introduce the new character and describe her a bit. My heavens, what a curious old woman. Body so small and wrinkled. Like a fart from my butt and knock her over. Eyes like clouded glass. But the fire shine deep, deep down. And she smell like Steltfest. Eh, sorry. Too much gypsy word. She smell like hog pussy. Oh. Okay. No, no. No, that's fine. I can tell when they don't need me. The story just has to move along. No time for any superfluous narration. What are you doing in my chambers? Oh, they're all so grown up. Uh, I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, I'll be quiet. Please forgive us, madam, but a war is being waged within Castrum Crucis walls, and we are seeking sanctuary. War? And you come here for sanctuary? This way is only escape, thanks to Hane. But if it's only escape, maybe the others follow us, huh? Celio's right. Madam, is there any way to seal off the tunnel? Perhaps, but you'll have to lift me to the other entrance. Other entrance? The wispy woman raised a shaking finger bone and pointed to a hole high on the wall opposite their arrival. It seemed the continuation of the tunnel from which they had fled the Great Hall, as though the shaft would have shot straight across had the crone's room not interrupted its progress. They looked now to the hole from which they had descended and studied the carving that surrounded it, a snake's head with the tunnel opening serving as the great stone beast's maw. There now, lads, lift me over yon, and I'll keep you safe from the war. You heard, old hangy skin. Let us lift. The troop hoisted the fragile fogey into the second tunnel, this one's ornamental stonework representing a tightly coiled tail. 
She cackled in thanks and disappeared into the darkness. Where is she go? She no Cape Ward. Suddenly, iron gates dropped simultaneously in both tunnels. Safe at last! Hi-ho! Let's have a rest then, chaps. Wait two second minute. We should seal off other door. Where is other door? What's that? The troop at last studied the little room and saw that the stone walls held no other openings but one tiny window not wide enough to fit a man's arm through. Oh, misery. The only way out we've just had barred shut. We help that little witch escape and she trap us here. Trapped, trapped, trapped. Trapped as a tiger's tail. Alakino. Come, Niku. Let us climb on each other and lift these metals. Come, come. The gypsies climbed atop one another with incredible speed and dexterity. But once assembled, could not budge the iron bars that now blocked both tunnels' mouths. Son of bitch! Steady now, lads. Perhaps the gates will open once the fighting stops. The gypsies descended and our heroes waited in their cell, listening to the horrific sounds of the battle as it raged on all around them. They had just begun dozing off when a voice hissed from the snake's head tunnel, the one leading back to the great hall. Hist! Hist, I say! Is anyone at all in there? Who's that? Holston! Is that you, old chap? Give us a hand, Daniel, Niku. The gypsies hoisted Woolston up to perch upon the open mouth of the stone snake at the tunnel's entrance. And there, in the blackness beyond the gate, was Ben Fontenoy. Ben? Ben Fontenoy, is it? Oh, thank heaven! Let us in, old Woolston. Us who? You and your puppets? Just the three of us! Speak for yourself, you! Oh, Punch, even at death's doorstep, you show no mercy! That's the way you do it. Oh, delightful. Wiggling the dollies again, eh, Mr. Fontenoy? Is that it, then? My life's work, decades of study, not only creating their physical forms, but also giving them life, giving them voice, sweating, bleeding, weeping, grieving all for wiggling the dollies. Is that all you think puppetry is? Well, that is, you see... There, there, Ben, don't take it out on him. He's just a boy. But I thought... Yes, we all know what you thought. I am truly sorry, Mr. Fontenoy. I see now what a great art puppetry truly is, and the dedication required of the puppeteer. It's not just a lifestyle, nor livelihood. Nay, it is the very giving of life itself. (laughs) Oh, for Christ's sake, son! I'm only taking the piss. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, honestly, puppetry. <laughs> Shaking these fucking sticks in cloth, eh? <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, you dumb son of a bitch. Fuck, that's funny. Holy shit. Fuck, yeah. No, I just do this as a side gig to make some money. Wow, puppet guy is dick. But seriously now, let us in. People are getting murdered out here. Would that we could, Ben. The gate is locked. Well, how did you lock it? We didn't. It was locked for us. Here now, son. You're having a laugh to get back at me, and well done. But open up now and let me come in. I told you, we can't unlock it. Wollston, tell your little bum buddy enough is enough. I say. 
Call us whatever names you like. You're not getting in here. Wollstone, do I really need to remind you of your debt to me? What debt is that? This is not necessary. Come now. Really? You really won't open up? What debt is he referring to? Of course, your little boy toy wouldn't know. If he did, he wouldn't have followed you halfway across Christendom to this hellhole. Your man there is a thief. Ridiculous. I've seen Wollstone offer a half-dead peasant his last crust of bread for a single ladle of scummy well water. Oh, he's not a thief of physical things, mind. No, he's far, far worse. He steals... ideas. What? Stories, speeches, poetry. He takes them from others and calls them his own. This is absurd. The theatre has a history of reusing and revitalizing plot points, narrative... My play, Wollstone. You stole my play. Character for character, word for word. You stole it and sold it as your own. And when I protested to the guild, not a fortnight later, I found myself sacked from the abbotsmen. Destitute and without trade, begging in the gutters. That's when I found these beauties. And we found you! I loved you, too! You were a rival companyman. Rival? We were apprentices in the same troupe. Stealing my play helped him move into the much more fashionable Vicontsman. And did I not pay you back in silver, in land? And you think that was enough? I obviously did think that, given how friendly you've been in our recent meetings. You can never buy my soul, Wollstone. Never. Suddenly, Ben Fontenoy wrenched his hand through the iron gate and grabbed Wollstone by the throat. Without a moment to spare, Miles plucked a candle from the wall, lifted a nearby lamp, and sprayed oil and fire upon the venomous Fontenoy, who went howling back through the tunnel. Puppets are f***ing stupid. Thank you, Miles. No sooner had Danyar and Niku helped Woolston down when a second voice began whispering by the tunnel's gate. Hello? Is anyone in? I saw Flaming Man come from here. Woolston, it's for you again. No, it's not. I recognize that hushy voice anywhere place. Mirna, is that you? Give me uplift, Niku. Niku obliged, and soon Danyor was sat in the snake's jaws, looking at his old dancer friend through the gate. Mirna, it is you. Come squeeze through these gratings and I will protect you. It's not possible, Danyor. It might be. Look how skinny you have made thanks to being married to Ivan, I am pretty sure. You always hate Ivan. What? No, yeah, I pretty much always have hate for him. It's because I always want you. Just because you want does not mean you can take. Why are you saying this? Because I have seen you take, Daniel. You take those who do not want to be taken, and you take again and again and again. What do you mean you have seen? In the woods, by the tree, with the whole, the shape of fish. What? By the pond, the night of the red moon. Ooh. In alley behind Kokorusk, the tailor. Wait, you were with Coco Rusk? You take and you take and you take, but you will not take me. Some man hunger for Halushki, other man hunger for Mirna. He's no different. 
You no need Mirna to live. How you know? Please, Mirna, I die without you. As you say, goodbye, Daniel. Wait. But she was gone. He dropped to the floor with his troopmates as the din without finally seemed to soften. The walls ceased their trembling, and the war seemed at last to be over. Suddenly, a great cold wind blew from the tunnel and extinguished every nub of a candle in their pathetic cell. Oh, butts. It's okay, Miles. It's just a little dark. I'm not crying. Really? Because I could have sworn that... Uh... No, he actually does pretty good with the dark. Oh, yeah? Oh, good for him. Good for you, Miles. Thanks. For what? For what? For what? Who is that? Lucian? Is that you? Lucian... Our old Padrellino. Where are you, my friend? A boy goes down to see the sea. For what? For what? To play and splash in blue and green. For what? For what? But when he dives beneath the waves, he never comes back up again and sinks until the end of days. For what? For what? Lucian, what are you saying? Are you hurt, my friend? A coward goes down to the sea. For what? For what? To play his heartless treachery. For what? For what? Because he fears the good lord's wrath, he hides behind the jester's mask. And all that's left for us to ask. For what? For what? <laughs> Lucian? Lucian? I think you sing about me. But he not get all of the details all right. Harkin, no hush your mouth, uh huh? What is all this? Yes, what happened? I didn't wear the mask to hide from God. I did it to scare the boy. Suddenly, an explosion from the castle's bowels sent the walls shaking. The ancient stones rained dust and splinters of rock upon the players. A mob of madmen began pressing in from the snakehead tunnel, their torchlights illuminating the frightened faces of our heroes. Then, a second mob approached from the snake-tail tunnel, smelling certain doom once more. The troop pressed together hopelessly, when without warning, Niku reached into his sack and withdrew the dead juggler's orbs. Hey, my juggle ball! Get down! Without another word, Niku hurled the juggler's orbs at the windowed wall. A bright white concussion sang out as they winced in awe of the sight. The explosion had torn a huge hole through the stone, and through the moonlit opening they saw the castle moat many dozen feet below, rippling cool and sharp in the darkness. Well? Jump! What awaits our heroes at the bottom of the murky moat? Have they escaped the madness of Castrum Crucis at long last? Will Wolston survive the fall? No, no, seriously. With old people, once they break a hip, it's, uh, yeah, it's the beginning of the end. Find out next time on The Plague Clowns. The Plague Clowns is brought to you by Mrs. Leonetta's revenge-themed cookbook. 
whether basting the bones of your enemy's children or feeding a cheating spouse his own mother, you can be sure those you despise will have a meal not only full of unrelenting sorrow that will last a lifetime, but a meal that's also full of great taste. Well, we made it without any interruptions from Randy, the rat-nosed cheese-eater. Stinky fink snitch, Randy. Can you imagine if he knew what we had planned for the warden? Wait, wait. What was that? Courtney, are you hiding in the mannequin limb pile again, or... He's here! He's here, Randy! Randy was hiding in the room the whole time! Oh, my God! He's making a run for it! Don't worry, Courtney! I'll stop him! I'll stop him! Come here! Don't! 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 Don't you do it, Randy! Don't you touch that switch! I've given you everything to keep this going! Everything! Stop! 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 No! We were so close! You... You son of a bitch! No! 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 Courtney, I did something bad. Hey, Court? Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Werner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. The Plague Clown Story by Rude Alchemy with Mr. Kane as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Kane and edited by Mr. Werner. Featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy with Ms. Angela Werner as Myrna. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Robb. For a listing of Creative Commons sound effects attributions, visit RudeAlchemy.com slash attributions. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. To support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive bonus content, including blooper reels from every episode, visit RudeAlchemy.com slash support. And finally, he has overtaken and cast out the false pretender, Announcer. There is no more Announcer. There is only talk. Talk rejoices to be lost in the swarm of the deepest burning stars of darkness. Talk. This is Jack Ward, and from every one of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times. Please follow the scientific and medical experts' advice, and we'll always be here for you daily at Mutual.